Welcome to Talking Junk. Welcome to Talking Junk. Welcome to Talking Junk. Welcome to Talking Junk. Welcome to Fridays. This is Talking Junk. I'm here with China this week. Talon, uh, he has some things to do, so he'll be on tomorrow. Hello, hello. What's going on? How you doing tonight? I'm all right. A little bit tired, but it comes with the job. Yes, it does. How are you? Same. Tired. Mom, wife, homeschooling. But we're here. It's going to be a great episode. Yes, it is. We got our guest tonight. Your girl, Miss Kitty Rose. How you doing, Kitty? How you doing tonight? Peace, everyone. Hey, Chunk and Jung. Hey, Jason. Hey, Miss China. Hey. How are you? I was trying to share, so I'm doing well. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, I'm so excited to be on your platform tonight. We're We're excited to have you. So uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, hello to the Talking Junk audience. Um, I am Minister Cat, otherwise known as Kitty Rose, and I am you. I am a personality, a minister out here in these streets who uh, I say I don't preach perfection. I preach the mercy and grace of God and how it's impacted my life. And I show people through my life, my testimony of how I believe one can live a happy, meaningful, successful life serving a creator and not, you know, feel like, you know, it's a it's a life death sentence serving God and actually meaningful and can bring you pleasure, benefits, all that good shit that you think it can't, that it does. And you needed to see someone that looks like you bring it to the table. So that's kind Amen. of what I do as a as an artist, as a minister, as a human, you know, who's just been, you know, touched with a little different kind of spirit, you know, to, to move in this path. Cause we all have our path. This is just the one that I found that's mine. So how did you find that path? Uh, cause I was stubborn. Hold on. I'm trying to post this. Now, let me start. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Go ahead. Take your time. We'll wait for you to post it. Yes. So my people can come over here too. Um, how did, when, or how did, um, I've been self-employed since I left corporate in 03. And I've been self-employed since about 06. But in being self-employed, I still, as an independent contractor, I guess you can say, was working with others through other projects, other names, you know, kind of using other people as piggy bank off of, you know, their name, their project, and working and doing what I was doing, whatever it was, whether it was a luncheon, whether it was a you know, an event, whether it was a sale that I was having at my store. I just always like did events, but attached my name to someone else. And over the years, no matter what I was attaching myself to, you know, I realized in no, in 2019 that people weren't coming to things that I was doing or marketing or promoting or inviting them to based off of the name that I was connecting or associating myself with. People were coming to me because they were connected to me. They weren't connected to a product I was selling them, but they were connected to how I made them feel. And once I kind of realized that, you know, I had the ability and it wasn't really a product per se, and it wasn't someone other than just Kitty Rose, then I began to surrender and say, okay, well, what does that look like? What does it look like if I just venture off and just do cat, just do Kitty Rose? What is that gonna look like and how is that gonna be responded? And what came about was this one woman stage play that I ended up writing and producing. And out of everything I've been doing the last, I wanna say six years, I am you, was the only thing that started to actually reven- make money. <laughs> and then 2020 <laughs> hit and fucking COVID shut the world down and it shifted. 
But when it came to, well, what are you going to do to go forward, even in 2021, it was still I am you. It was still like it didn't matter what I was teaching. It, it didn't matter if I had a sale, I was selling something. It was still some it was still people wanting to see this one woman show that was off Broadway that they didn't get a chance to see and now wanted to see how we were now doing it virtually. So that's where we're at now. Now we're doing it virtually. We have a, a website so you can actually see all the trailers and how what people are saying and then have the choice all on one platform to watch the the show in the convenience of your own home so you we've taken you having to go to broadway since it shut down and i've now been able to open up the platform where it's now international and you now made your own broadway exactly you know what i'm saying so it's been great but it's been challenging nonetheless but it's also now giving me like some new kind of spunk and you know what to do and how now to meet these new people like talking junk jason and china i wouldn't have necessarily met if i wasn't moment you know pushed with this new project to to show a new audience what i'm doing in this virtual world oh he said bad words are not good oh so fucking sorry no i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> that's not nice i'm sorry i'm so sorry <laughs> Uh, my sentiments exactly. <laughs> what the fuck? This is explicit content, young man. I'm sorry. <laughs> Don't be sorry for being. I'm yourself. not. <laughs> Don't be sorry. Be you. Amen. So what? It, don't be you. Be me. And me, I have a dirty mouth. Oh. And you, you know said what? you you said you are me. So Shit. you're here. And. Who and look at then he go fuck right? <laughs> <laughs> but my thing is the if you can't same, beat them, join them. The same people that gave us the proper lingo or language to use, as in the is and or, is the same people that gave us motherfucker shit, and that was some bullshit. So what the fuck? Who does who determined that those words were worse than another bunch of words that we use on a daily basis? I think everything is, you know, moderation or, you know, everything ain't for everybody. And I'm not also here to be liked by everyone. And I think people have to realize that about themselves. Once you love yourself and you know your purpose. You know, yes, I would. I don't want enemies. I don't want people not to like me. But also, yes, the is, is that everybody's not going to like me because I'm not for everyone. So for those I'm for that can take the shit, motherfucker, that's some bullshit. We good. And for those that's like, oh, she got a potty mouth, then keep mm -hmm. that shit moving. Because <laughs> I ain't for you. Because <laughs> feel you free to wipe your ears on the way out. If you want to pay more attention, and that's the problem sometimes, we pay more attention to the delivery than what's being fucking delivered. So have a problem with what I'm saying to you. Don't have a problem with how I'm saying it to you because my way I'm receiving something is the way I'm receiving something. So in order for us to get out of this world where we're judging each other, maybe we should just come to a common ground where we can see where we're coming from and then you could be like, oh, you know what, Kitty Rose, you right. Or we could be like, Kitty Rose, you sound crazy. And either way, it's still your opinion, your feelings, your business, not mine. <laughs> <laughs> it's your prerogative. Amen. Bobby, Bobby Brown said it best. It's my prerogative. Hey. <laughs> I can do what I want to do. <laughs> So what did you have your hand in before I am you? Because you said you did a little uh, little entrepreneurial shit before then. Yeah, I started as a retailer. Um, I had a store when didn't I Didn't we all, Kitty? Didn't we all? Oh, no, no, no. You had your own store. No, 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 no. I meant I sold other people's shit. I worked for the man. <laughs> well, yeah, that but too. Like everyone else. I am trying to be a retailer now. Yes, your trying, own merch. <laughs> My own merch. We got we got a couple of shirts. I saw that. I'm not ready. I'm not that ready. China, yeah. Oh, oh, oh. We oh, got a couple oh. of them. Okay. Send well, us a DM. 
to place your order. Oh, do that plug, <laughs> do that plug. <laughs> um, so yeah, I started out as a retailer when I left corporate because I was already in like the clothing, fashion, merchandising industry. Then my husband, he was a designer. So when time nine, out, time I, out, time out. What's a husband? He was my husband. <laughs> <laughs> husband, husband. <laughs> so my husband <laughs> um, was then a designer. So when 9-11 came and at this point, you know, I was working corporate and making what I thought was buku money. And I had, you know, these new clothing lines in my showroom that, you know, I'm taking to the next level. And I'm like, yo, my husband's a designer and I'm working crazy and 9-11 comes and we have no real money in the bank. But yet the people I work for, I'm making millions for. And these exactly. clothing lines that I work for weren't even like clothing lines that you had even heard of. But yet in four months after 9-11, I had brought a quarter million dollars in sales. And when that happened, you know, I just was like, this something got to give. Achieve. And because of God, you know, he intervened in a weird kind of way. It's like that saying that, you know, you think you got a plan and, and God got joke. You let God laughs because he got jokes because it's really his plan that you just kind of following. Because my boss at the time thought that I was trying to take her clients. Now, my boss was this always think that insecure. Insecure bosses always think that. But how? You got 15 years, 20 years in the game. You know, these people are here because of you. Bloomingdale's but they can't deny your skills. That's Bloomingdale's the wasn't in the showroom because of me. Bloomingdale's is in the showroom because of you. So why are you intimidated or thinking I'm going to come in here in your place of business and steal your clientele? But it's okay because what ends up it's happening. The personality. the personality shows and that draws exactly. people. Yes. But so, so what that did was it led her to firing me and then she didn't, <laughs> she didn't want to give me unemployment. So I sued her for unemployment and I won my unemployment suit. And with the money I won from unemployment, I opened up my store in Harlem. So I opened up my store in Harlem. I went into business with my husband, was been at the time, husband at the time, was been now. And we just came into Harlem and we became that couple. We became that couple in Harlem as retailers. And then eventually I ended up, you know, ending the marriage and trying to still figure out how I can create <coughs> my own identity now separate from this marriage union that I had created and that we had established in, in a certain area of New York. And I started just adapting to what everybody else was doing in business when it came to videography and documenting. And because, you know, like, you know, in every small business, initially you have to do all these different things, but you can't afford to do it. So you have to learn how to do. Oh, my God. Yes. So you have to shoot your own commercials. You have to learn how to edit your own stuff. You have to learn how to figure out how to pay for your own um, marketing. So when that happening. I'm now doing it and other businesses are asking me now to help them. I see you looking at China. So y'all know. <laughs> that was some inside. That was an inside look. I saw that. You, you, you muted yourself, Jason. There's so much that goes into it. A lot of people think we're just going to start up a podcast and boom, you're making money. Right. You're getting guests. No, there's a lot of groundwork that goes into this. And a lot, lot. we can't afford to pay folks just yet to help us with that. So we have to learn these skills ourselves. So as I oh, was, yeah. as, as, as social media was coming into play, MySpace and was coming into place, I was learning how to now, you know, turn my my business to adapt to what the, how the world was changing. And as I was doing it, other businesses in Harlem was asking me to also teach them. So I started teaching social media and I started, you know, working with baby boomers and other artists, teaching them how to do the same things that I was doing for my business. But now I was learning that this was an additional source of income. So this was another part of my business that I could expand and get people to know me more than just a retailer. 
So now I'm in the community. I start working with businesses. And that was kind of like a, an introduction to activism work because I'm helping you with your business, but I'm helping you with your messaging of your business, your branding, your marketing right. of your business. So it was a it was a perfect and at the same person. time you're branding yourself. Amen. So so as I'm doing that and um, I'm, I'm still, you know, figuring I'm having my retail store because that was my bread and butter. But, you know, I'm still doing these events and I'm producing just other little things to kind of, again, like you said, Jason, grow my brand, grow my business. And then I decided to move down south because my middle son was graduating high school, getting ready to go to college. And I wanted my daughter to go to high school down south. So I go down south. My oldest son, I leave him in the apartment. I don't give it to him. I leave him to test it, run, test run to see if he could be responsible. And man, when I moved, he moved his it's girlfriend crazy. in. He didn't send my furniture. He ends up as <laughs> a shit. I end up coming back to New York. I got arrested. They call it detained. I got into a fight <laughs> with his girlfriend. And the police say, well, this is a matter of he say, she say. So the only way you can really have proof of what's going on is if you videotape. So now I started Samaphone and videotaping what was going on in the house. And I was on social media with that shit. And people were like, oh my God, what's going on? And I started this whole new bunch of other followers that I had never heard of that was like Washington and and Philly and Virginia and North Carolina. It was, yo, I came out of jail and they was like, are you okay? It was, it was, it was ridiculous. They was like, I understand what you, it was so many parents that was reaching out and going through so many similar things with their kids. So as embarrassed as it was that I was going through a fight with my son, my first one, it resonates so you. many people because other people were going through crazy shit with their grown ass kids and thinking, what the fuck? So to see someone who had good kids, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Go through some shit. And I was on the cell phone, like what? It 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 just it it it, it took on a whole nother life. And then I was like, oh, what's this world? And next thing you know, I was like, I'm about to be on TV. And nobody would believe me. And I was like, I'm about, I'm a bitch who is like, if I can't get to do it, I'm going to do it. And if I say I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. And I, I started producing my own television. Now I was like, all right, what's, what, what this life look like? I went to BronxNet. I became a community producer at BronxNet. Then I was what like, kind of show did, what kind of show did you produce? So I did this, I produced this show called Nat, cause let me tell you, cause while, when I, when I got into a fight with my son, I also was falling in love, right? So I was falling in love with this beautiful man. I, I knew one bit. Creative man. So he was who I was venting to, you know, as I'm going through this shit with my, my son. And he happened to be a filmmaker. So one day, one of my little Rondi rules, I'm down south kicking it with him. We, you know, burning it down or whatever, right? And he's videotaping <laughs> me. And he was the first person to like videotape me because I'm behind the scenes and everything. So we having this conversation on the porch, we burning it down. And when we looked at the video, it looked like a fucking talk show, but it was so raw and so dope. And the way that the camera was, cause he had used the black magic. Oh my God. It was just like, like that vintage kind of feel. And we was like, that's a talk show. And I said, I look so natural. It's like a natural session. And we was like, oh shit, that's a show. And I called, I had a, a show called Natural Sessions. So originally it was supposed to be a cannabis, cannabis based show. Cause I was looking to, you know, um, void, a, a fill a void, fill a niche. And I noticed that Vice had all of these, you know, shows that was cannabis related, but didn't have like a talk show that was, you know, healing where people could just kick it. You know what I'm saying? And just, you know, in the message and kicking it, you find your strength, you find your light bulb, you find your comfort. Right. 
So find yourself. You find and 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 I didn't do yourself like everybody. I didn't do a studio show. I was on location. I was I came to your location, or we was in a park. And one of my sponsors was this restaurant in Brooklyn called Itao Kitchen, and it's a cannabis restaurant, so you could burn there. So I would go to the restaurant and have these interviews burning down, and would have these wonderful conversations with no no direction in the beginning, like no topic. We just go in and we start talking. And the way that I structured the show was people came in like a fly on the wall to already a conversation that was going on. So there was no formal setup like, hey, welcome to Natural Sessions. None of that. Everybody hated that shit. But I was like, I'm different. You know what I'm saying? So I would do it my way, you know? So you would come into That's a the only way to do it. Hello, Frank Sinatra. So I would, you would come into a conversation and in two, well, less than a year, for two years, I was in 4.7 million homes here in New York because I took over right. public access. I was on every single fucking channel. And then I, because I have 20 years in my industry, I was a dancer. I was a model. I used to be on MTV. What year was this? Natural Sessions was 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019. But 2016, September is when I launched. So by 2017 and 2018, I was already on all the networks. And then I had got picked up by a streaming network called the On Channel. So now it was an international show. And because I had been in my industry for 20 years, I had I know people. So it was nothing for me to have people on my show. Like that part of yeah. the process was 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 easy. So when people was on my show, big names was on my show they were on my show different than any other show because I wasn't the, well, what project do you have going on right now? And well, tell me about yeah. it. I was on some old like, what the fuck? How your family felt that you was putting in all these hours at the job and you wasn't home, what's good? You know what I'm saying? Like, exactly. you know, it's, it's all glamorous, but how did that shit affect your wife? Was she good with all of those hours that she had to sacrifice you in the studio? Or was your kids okay because you had to do X, Y, and Z? And we would kick it. And that people no pity, she's not okay with all the hours. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so from so from Matthew Sessions, you know, producing that, I wanted to produce more, and I ended up getting hired to produce a film. So I did my first directing a film. Then I started teaching other filmmakers how to make films on the cell phone. And because that's my real goal is to, is to get to the youth, to get to the young people and teaching them how to have a voice. So I was hired, you know, in Harlem once again to work at these different programs as a teacher, as an instructor and teach one social media, teach self-love and then now teach filmmaking. So everything was like a progression to right here. But I didn't know that at the time that, you know, this was the, the, the road that God was putting me on to sharpen my skills you know what i'm saying because people don't also realize that the patience that you need in business is not just the patience in waiting for things to happen but the patience in developing yourself because some of us you know we talk about we want this and that to happen but we're not ready if it was to happen yesterday or today so we have oh, yeah. to you know take the time that's that's needed and that doesn't happen over months that happens over years of developing, of strengthening, of sharpening, of understanding, of gaining a market, allowing that market and audience to move for you. Like it takes time. And that's why they say it's not for the it's not for the weak. You know what I'm saying? It's not right. for the faint. And wherever you gotta have a tough skin, but you gotta know that this is a long game that you're playing. And if a you're not game. for the long game, then you might as well stop right now and, and choose another hobby. <laughs> yeah, these motherfuckers think it's easy. You come in, you make the money, you get famous, you get sponsored. Everything is a cakewalk. No, you got to earn every step. Amen. You got to earn these people's eyes and ears. You got to earn these uh, companies' times with their products. You have to earn it all. And, it, and it's, it worth it. It's, it it's, it's worth it. It is worth it because you, you don't see it, but it's necessary. You know, I, I I was always dope. I'm never gonna take that away from me. But I'm so much doper now <laughs> than I was ten years ago when I first started. You know what I'm saying? Or 
five years ago. I'm even doper than I was four years ago when I first started coming into television. When I first came into television, you know, my audio wasn't all tight. My graphics wasn't all tight. My editing wasn't all tight. But I was like, fuck it. I'm here. So I'm going to do it. You know what I'm saying? And I'm going to learn as I'm in it because I'm not going to wait until I figure it out because that shit might never happen. Or it might exactly. take longer me waiting to learn to educate myself when I can show my people what it looks like in the process and use that as my way of one, making money, but also educating and leaving an imprint that makes a difference, not just telling you what to do, but I'm showing you by how I'm doing it because the blueprint is the same. No matter what industry you're in, the blueprint is the same. The, the blueprint oh, yeah. does not change. So the formula, if we if we follow the if we follow the protocol, consistency, persistence. We just said that in the beginning of the show. Yep. That that applies to every industry that you're in. So if you follow the blueprint, you know you're gonna get weary, but you also know that your time will come. You just gotta stay the course. It will. And the proverbial blueprint doesn't mean you you have to follow somebody else's model. You you can do it yourself and create yeah. your own blueprint. You're your own architect of your own shit. Like if you guys, and yes, this is a cheap, uh, a little cheap jab. You can go straight to the archives and look at all the Talking Junk episodes and see just how the first couple of episodes are really what uh, the break room oh. is. And all the other episodes, we were trying to find our way and trying to find sponsors. And speaking of sponsors. All right now. Go to sugarworksdistillery.com <laughs> and order your liquor today. But um, besides that, you have to work and earn for everything. Mm -hmm. Sponsors don't come easy. The viewers don't come easy. The guests, but I think they don't come easy. I think everyone learns their own approach, but there has to be like the basic stepping stones, like a foundation is the same no matter where you go. Unless like Talon said, you have cake because then you could just jump to the top and pay everybody and buy everything. Right. But why do it at that yeah. point? It's just and then to say, oh, I'm me. What do you really learn? And then that way is, I think when you lose it, you don't really understand how to how to get it back. There's no real source of because you don't know where you even went wrong. So it's like, you know, how successful can you really be? Like, yes, we definitely know that there is there is money in what they call a legacy and 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 trust fund babies. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But <laughs> but the work that they but the work that your forefathers did in order for you to be that trust fund baby was not a cakewalk was not the mistakes that you're allowed to make because you're that trust fund baby. They still had to follow that foundation and blueprint. So you do what you want with it, but how that money started and, and was able to get to the point that it even helps you still came from that basic foundation of business one-on-one. -on -one. Again, no fitting that business model for that business industry. Yep, exactly. You don't exactly. learn anything. Yeah, right. Yeah, you don't. You they gotta don't, learn. The foundation is handed to them. It's about a foundation. The empire is handed to them. They don't. And that's what the testimony and tests. You know, that's what the test and testimony oh, is. Because when you come and you have a testimony, it's because you pass a test, <laughs> and you now want to, you know, shoot and share with everyone how you pass that test. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So, you know, if you didn't have it to share, you wouldn't have a testimony. You wouldn't, And our testimonies are not only encouragement for us as a well job, well done, but as a testimony so others can know what's possible. You know what I'm saying? Your testimony is so that the village knows what it looks like to love and oh, yeah. survive. How can you... Uh... How can you feel good about your accomplishments if you didn't work hard for it? How can you feel? How can you make somebody realize their dreams and what you're doing if you don't work hard for it? Right. Larry King, Jimmy Kimmel, what, whoever you want to say, they all worked for what they got. Mm -hmm. 
Conan. And I, and, and, and I tell you, you this, when I don't Atlanta, work, and when I don't work, I, I can see the difference. <laughs> I can see the difference when I'm lazy <laughs> in comparison to when I get on my grind. <laughs> I can see the results. Oh, yeah. Me too, because what happened this week, I didn't put out my episodes from two weeks ago on Spotify and iHeartRadio. I apologize, my junkers out there. Mm-hmm. But you know, things things get busy. You get busy trying to do graphics. You get busy trying to book these great people like Miss Kitty Rose <laughs> on the show. Where it You get lost in the nine to five, the family right. life, everything. You get lost in it all relaxation when you can eke it out but you stay focused i know for me this COVID is starting to take a toll on me now you know we we're coming into almost a year inside and i i was one of those few people that really was inside and 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 i wasn't like my girlfriend and her son literally have been in like my best friend has kept her son in like literally every day for a year it's horrible but but so i've gone out like five times or six times but for the most part you know i've been inside and i think that because you have so much time in your hands you think that's the time now that you can be so creative but the, the the mental strain that these walls are starting to put on me is not motivating me to to edit. It's not motivating me to put out content. It's 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 I'm gloom. I'm sad. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not sad in like boohoo. Life is sad. I'm sad in the sense of I need people. I want to be out again. So I you know it's it's hard for me right now to be as creative as I would like to be or should be with this time because I'm just over having time now. You know what I mean? I'm like, I can't want to be busy again. I can't watch another <laughs> series. <laughs> well, I have a lot of time that I can uh, loan you if you <laughs> will need to get busy. <laughs> I got I the have time. A I just don't want it no more. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have, I have the stuff to fill that time. If you need some stuff, I got stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but I am you. Yes. Tell us a little bit about that. So I am you is a comedic satire monologue where I share eight stories of the last twenty-five. Well, it was of the last twenty-five years of my life, but I added last year. So, <laughs> so now it's the last twenty-six because I added. A couple of stories of COVID, because COVID, yo, last year, man, I I went through a cleansing, let me tell you, and had to remove some people from my life that I wasn't aware had to be removed. So I had to add them stories <laughs> in I Am You. But I Am You um, is, yeah, if I sent you a, a minute trailer, is that too long to share with our audience? No, not at all. No, 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 we can share it. Make sure you click to share the, the sound this time, China. Why you had to shout her out like that, though? <laughs> I do the same thing. I do it all the time myself. Because so I share stuff. sound, he doesn't. Yeah. And it's different because when I was off Broadway, when I was off Broadway, I was on stage and I had a, a screen, so we showed video. So virtually was, was definitely a little different. Enjoy, guys. That ain't me. I think you got the wrong thing on. I think, ooh. It I was think I left, no, I left it playing in the background. That's what happened. So it went to the next one. Give me two seconds. I'll put it up. Yes, sir. So, um, so yeah, I tell these stories. And why I say comedic satire is because they are, they're not meant to be funny. But they're funny in a way that's like, oh shit, <laughs> okay, like it's relatable. Yeah, you understand. So you're gonna laugh at points where you you're wondering, should I be laughing? But they're funny, you know what I'm saying? And and they, but they're all with the point of, let's see, let's see. Oh, wait, that's the five minute one. No, that's too long. Go to the first one I sent you. Don't do this one. 
Yeah. So so but they're all stories with a with a with a point of letting you know that we the biggest thing that we do as a people is we hold our shame. So because we hold our shame of shit that we've done over the years, we tend not to deal with them because we we don't even want to acknowledge that we did them. So in this climate right now where everybody is, you know, ready for change, my question to people was, well, how can we really be productive out in the streets with change when we're still not dealing with our own individual baggage? But the reason why we're not dealing with our own baggage is because we don't want to talk about what that baggage looks like. So again, as a sacrificial lamb, I put myself out there with these stories that are relatable to people that even though that story might not have happened to you directly, the feeling of that story, I got you. If, 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 if we did something wrong, I can, I can send it right back to you again. Ain't no thing but a chicken wing. I think we got it right here. Oh, okay, cool. Well, that's, that, that's one. That's not the one, but that's a, still a good one. <laughs> You should send it to me again because this is the only one I have. Ooh, what's happening? Hold on. Let me work it real quick. <clears throat> oh, yeah, the first one you sent us is the five-minute one. Oh, is it? Oh, my bad, Dan. Let me do that. That's easy to remember. Wait, let me see the second one. You're right. You're right. I just see it now. And see, that's, again, a part of business because I'm always supposed to have these things already queued up. It's not like, you know, I'm new to being on shows. So each show, you also learn, you know, how to, you know, make the last the last performance better. And you hoping you did it right. I'm sending it to you guys right now. Here it is. Okay. Yeah, the first one was the five the minute and then the website. That's all this game is, is fixing mistakes you did before. I got mm -hmm. you, China. It's right there. There okay. you go, China. Hold on. It's worth it, guys. I promise you. I promise you talking to <laughs> I promise you. That's the only and see, you know what? But this is good because that's another thing that saves me even with my business. You know, you could have I could have waited until all my audio was perfect. I could have waited until all my lighting was perfect. But everything I learned and people got to see that because it's a process. Yeah, it's a process. And the proof is in the pudding. That's still the five minute one, China. Not that one, baby. As I was reflecting on my. I got it right here. I got you, cuz. I thought I clicked it. Did I click the wrong one again? The second one right here? I got you. Oh. I got it up right now. Okay. Oh, there's two of them there. That's why. Thank you guys so much. Yeah, there we go, baby. <laughs> As I was reflecting on my life. I remember moments of feeling ashamed. I was doing reckless things. I Am yeah, You is a comedic satire monologue reflecting on the last 25 years of my life. When we met, he told me he didn't want a relationship. He told me he was not looking for a woman. 28 Which is years. Which why he's a husband. I had spent collecting public assistance. Come and join me on this ride as I share with you six stories of how I ended up where I'm at at 45. I'm here. I ain't going nowhere. I'm happy. I'm only getting better. And I am you. <laughs> and if you don't know channel then you can see the five minute trailer <laughs> let me Ladies just say 45 I, bless you. I mean miss kitty rose well now yes. 46 so well, 46 you know they yes. say so crack baby no. I know. 
So three kids later, yeah. So so I am you. I I I launched it off Broadway on 44th between 8th and 9th at the Producers Club 2019. It so was, you started it live. I did. I started it live off Broadway. I had four shows off Broadway. And then the last and first show of 2020 was March 14th when they shut down New York March 15th. <laughs> and it was a wrap. Right. Sunshine, they're going to give you the link. I think China put the link up to the website all through the, the broadcast. So yes. check on that link on the, the U screen and you could check out the show. It's only $14.99. Because <laughs> <laughs> off Broadway was $25. And then last year I did a couple of virtual Zoom and I didn't like it because I was new to Zoom. So I was still trying to figure out how to do the share screen. Then I, the audio was fucking up, and then it was just like it was horrible. Oh, was, we gotta, we gotta tell, we gotta speak off screen. I'll give you the site to use. Well, it don't matter because now we ain't using no goddamn Zoom. Well, I see that Streamyard plug, plug. I got it. But I, <laughs> I wish it. now Streamyard that you owe me, you owe me a little bit of time now. So that's why I said plug. plug. <laughs> <laughs> I know what we know what we're doing here. Um, but but I'm saying this was this was first when COVID first happened. I, I never even heard of StreamYard until a few till not too long ago. So you know, um, but but oh trust I, me, I we were we were recording off of a voice recorder on the computer for our first couple episodes. So. Okay, but then I was able to um, I was teaching a, a pilot program, a virtual filmmaking program last winter, and a part of the the deal of my conversation was for them at the end of our project to also shoot my show over for me in our studio space. So that's now the production. I didn't have to do another Zoom virtual show. I was able to go back into a studio and have the proper lighting and camera equipment and actually shoot my whole show, which now has all the stories and then put that together. They did a great job editing. And because we shot on Broadway, we were able to use certain visuals that we weren't able to use now in the virtual world. So we had to you know, do some other ways to still keep the audience engaged so they weren't just looking at me for you know, an hour. So with the way that this guy did the editing and interjected these other videos and other layers was just a very beautifully well done production. I'm very impressed and I'm very happy with what was 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 what was done. And to be honest with you, you know, you got you get what you pay for, you know, and, and that's what people also have to realize. Like there are ways to maneuver how to get work done. Everything can hey Alan, everything can't always be done um, you know, direct cash to hand. So we have to also learn how to, you know, maneuver agreements in our contracts. If someone's not able to pay us entirely in cash what we want, well, what services can you provide that may equal the amount of money you could have given me if you had it? So bartering at its finest. Like yeah, it's almost like the bartering system's coming It back is. That's exactly, exactly what it is. You know, and I'm a village girl. I, I consider myself a griot. You know, and I feel like I bring what we, I feel like what I bring what we, what worked back to the resurface because a part of the enslavement is the programming mentally that is done on our people or done on people. So everything is a reprogramming, how we work with each other, how we relate to each other, how we do, you know, how we treat each other. It's all a reprogramming. But if you don't know what it looks like, if you don't know how to do it, then how can you be effective in that reprogramming if you don't have the tools, if no one's giving you the tools? I hate when everybody is telling you, you know, that you got to, you know, oh, I have the tools. Just pay me $4.99. What the fuck? If you got the tools, why you can't just fucking tell me if it's working? Exactly. You got the secret. Let me know so we could do it together. Hello. Share it. And then I'm going to say I learned from you. You, I'm exactly. gonna advertise and you free advertisement. So, you know, because when you do it the other way, what it shows is selfishness, and you grow, but you grow small. You don't grow big. You don't grow where it matters. We are here on this earth to be of service to each other. Because when we are service to each other, 
the re like it's okay to be selfish when it comes to that because the rewards are so grand you don't even realize the blessings you get when you just surrender and be kind and good to people you yo you, you the doors that and the blessings that open and if you saw what type of regular everyday schmegular blessings that come to you you wouldn't be so fucking stressed and so angry you know what i'm saying yeah. like you'll be angry but you'll be, able to be angry in a way that you can tunnel vision that shit to be progress to be to create progression and not to stand still and be stifled and that's where we're at right now we're stifled because we're, we're we, we, we 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 we're so angry that we stupid you know you ever heard that saying you so smart you stupid yeah all the time <laughs> we know so much that we actually don't know nothing. nothing. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, they are. I'm not. We not. <laughs> I try not to be, but I'm still it, learning. We're still learning. Only human. <laughs> because I am you. You know what I'm saying? Like that's at the end of the day what it comes down to. I'm no different than you. What I've done is just that I've learned maybe a little quicker than you have, but now you still have that ability. It's not like anything I'm doing you can't do. You know what I'm saying? Everything we do is all attainable. So if someone shows you that it's attainable, like the example of me being on welfare, I had to fight with that, even sharing that story. But why should I fight with a story that fucking allowed me to be a full-time mother to my three children, where not just a full-time mother, where I went to the occasional parent-teacher. When I was still going to parent teacher with my with my daughter last year at 17, I was like, when is this shit gonna be over? And why am I still going to bad <laughs> focus for a 17 year old? But it made a difference. You know what I'm saying? And, and then when I talk and I have dinner with my 22 year old about well, how's life now that you're a college graduate and living on your own? And he talks to me about his relationship with his father and myself in comparison to his peers and the way that they communicate or, or can communicate with their parents. I see the difference. I see the impact that it's allowed me to do. So for something that I was embarrassed about or ashamed about because I've been on welfare for 20 year, 28 years, instead of being ashamed, let me show motherfuckers what that shit looks like because let me tell you how my house is clean, my house is 46 sunshine, 46. My shit is big as fuck, you know what I'm saying? My kids go to school in Riverdale, my son went to Binghamton, my daughter's going to Temple, my oldest son lives down south like what's wrong with my shit? You know what I'm saying? I got a good dude right now. I smoke every day. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I eat every day. I'm not in debt, thank God, right now. Even with COVID, I'm not facing eviction. You know, like these are blessings that I have through the grace of a little something called fucking social services, public assistance. So now what I look at is that's my- We pay our taxes, use that shit. But not only do we pay our taxes, I pay taxes as a business because I have to use Kitty Rose exactly. as my employer because I don't want to do back to work but I want to collect the, the, the benefits, but I'm not trying to, you know, go to back to work and report to y'all motherfuckers every day. So I still gotta do something. So the Kitty Rose lifestyle is my business. And in order for me to be a business, yo, you gotta pay your taxes. You know what I'm yep. saying? So quarterly, I pay my taxes. You know, I run and operate as a business because how about I charge you? <laughs> Don't get the shit twisted. I told you IMU is $14.99. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> this is a business. I live in a capitalist country. Fuck what you heard. You know what I'm saying? I don't know who told y'all this was a democracy. So in the country I live in where it's about making money, I'm going to figure out how to make money. And yeah. this those is the United 28 States years on welfare allowed me to even do the trial and error in business so that I am now able to be self-sufficient on my own. But it took me a minute to get to that place that I could say that openly and okay, because I still had the stigma of, I opened that story with the story with um, Mr. Welfare, with the story from Claudine. 
And they say, you know, I want to divorce that man. I fucking hate Mr. Welfare. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you don't want to know. Claudine was like my mama. I didn't know I was on welfare. I knew I was on welfare, but I didn't know I was on welfare. Because my mother worked at the fire department. My mother worked at the police department. My mother worked all the time. So I didn't realize that those were back to work programs that she was probably working at. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, <laughs> hey, you, you got to do you what you got to do. She made it sure you didn't know it, though. What hard work and looks like. Point. Hard that's work is still hard work. Amen. Yeah. And that's what I learned. Like, I have a shitty, shitty relationship with my parents. But I learned work ethic. Preach. So, so it's crazy that what you don't want or what you didn't get, but what you did get. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. I didn't get a lot of what I want. But what I got, I'm I'm grateful because I learned how you to didn't keep get a good what you house. wanted, but you got what you needed. What you needed. Amen. Because I learned how to keep a good house, which is how I keep a good man. <laughs> and, <laughs> <laughs> and and I learned work ethic because both of my parents, they are some workers. I say, and not workers where they work for folks. They work for folks, but my mom always had a side hustle. My mother always worked for herself. And I saw this woman work for herself and travel the world and have a black card. And we live, you know, in an apartment in fucking Brooklyn and Bushwick. You know what I'm saying? But this chick wanna fucking be in Europe and Hawaii and Germany <clears throat> and, and, uh, and Italy and fucking every she ain't take her kids, but she was there. <laughs> <laughs> the hustle yeah. never stops. She was there. So she showed me how it's possible. You know what I'm saying? She showed me how it's possible on a budget. She right. showed me how you can do what you want to do. You know what I'm saying? And and those were skills I think that was um um that was that Necessary was, that was crucial. Yeah, that was crucial yeah. for me. Yeah. So but it even took me a minute. But it even took me a minute to see that. You know, I think I just really realized that maybe maybe eight years ago you never really right so for yeah. 30 years i was an angry bitter bitch <laughs> mad motherfucking mother and dad they are worthless <laughs> but now you appreciate it because they taught you your i appreciate what they get worth ethic right. they taught you not to be worthless amen and your and worth ethic and all that 20 parents i'm an amazing mom <laughs> <laughs> And you're an amazing guest, and we want to thank you again for being on. We got to have you on again. Yeah, man. We got to have you in the break room this time. Whoa, I'm scared. I'm nervous about the break room. You see, I don't know how to halfway act in regular life. Like, don't so be scared. <laughs> oh, that's even that's even better because you could be you like all the way, like, all the all way, the way. <laughs> all the way. See, this is this is uh, us about maybe fifty percent. Okay. Turned up. Okay. We get all the way turned up on on uh on the break room. Man, listen. <laughs> Last plug, guys. This episode was sponsored by Sugarworks. Amen. And so is tomorrow's episode. Join us tomorrow. Same break room time. Same break room station. We'll have Norman Plocking on. Uh, again, if you guys write in cursive, Kitty, you're you're welcome to join us if you want. The more the merrier. Okay, okay. I got my um, Mr. Blockins will he'll be on, and if you write in cursive, send in your cursive writing, and he'll analyze your writing for you, and he'll be reading tarot cards. And be sure so to check out sure to Kitty Rose's one woman show, fourteen ninety nine. I am you. Get, Get it. Over I, there. I ain't got a whole lot of titties. Sure. I can talk to <laughs> All right, guys. On thank that you, note. Guys. Good night, no, everyone. Thank you. Good thank night, you junkers. for joining us. Good night, junkers. This was Friday, and this was Talking Junk. Have a good night.